the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KDOW. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Yesterday's gains were not held on to. Things got a little bit uglier overnight. Stocks plunge to start another volatile session. The headlines out there are fearful. I saw that a couple Ivy League, well, I guess the Ivy League canceled their basketball tournament this weekend. And people are like, hmm. A lot of curiosity going on uh, how far will this market sell-off go. Morningstar calls the market sell-off a gross overreaction to a severe but manageable flu. And on the other hand, and again, this is what it's what we're doing right now. Goldman Sachs is saying the bull market will end soon with stocks dropping another 15%. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton to talk about the dueling headlines. The bond market, the stock market, we're going to get it all in the next 10 minutes. How are you, Mr. Burton? Doing well, thanks, Rob. How are you? Good. Uh, your your sniffles go away? Just kidding. You're always the first None person I talk to, so it's like you know I get that 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 what you call the big boy voice, right? I hear you. Um, speaking of big boy voices, a friend of mine was on a plane last night that featured six people, six people flying from the west east coast to the west coast. Um, you've recently been on a plane. How was the airport? Um, session for you um surprisingly full that was a short okay, flight good. from uh, portland to spokane the other day but um yeah it's 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 but i've seen other people you know post about flights that are very empty so things are definitely starting to slow down a lot of uh, events being canceled and mm-hmm. a lot of panic whether it be on social media or anywhere else so it's just kind of continuing to roll on, and, and if you know, we look at Seattle or places like uh, that that are starting to have the virus spread. We probably have another month or two of this before it slows down. So, with all this economic activity freezing or being delayed, I've got a sister-in-law in the movie industry, and movies are being pushed out four or five months. And I'm like, we don't need you right now. We don't need promotion. 
is it kind of feeling like a recession's on the way? Yeah, I don't really see how we're going to avoid one. I mean, when I see some of the, the bigger companies call for like, oh, a 65% chance of recession, that's kind of the high numbers. To me, it, okay. just, it, it, it feels kind of like what happened um, back in near 9-11, you know, a couple of years of you and I being in radio where everything just stopped for a while. Um, and then there was a pretty sharp rebound afterwards. Um, now, there's going to be some stuff that doesn't rebound. And unfortunately, we're going to see it, it, the, the stuff that is going to suffer is the stuff that can't afford to suffer. So there's a lot of restaurants out there that because of their lease payments, they're barely hanging on on the edge. You know, yeah. let that be a lesson for people that want to start a restaurant. It's a very difficult business. So going through of, of people not wanting to go out to eat is going to hurt people. And then you get an event that's canceled and then the hotels don't have people staying in them. They have the less Uber drivers, the, the people that are buying uh, goods around the event to bring home to their kids. That's not going to happen. So um, a lot of slowdown. I mean, there's, there's going to be some good. I mean, with these low interest rates, we saw in the Northwest, like a, a, an amazing highest number ever of, of home sales for home builders, right? Because rates are really, really low. But it's bad mm-hmm. on tourism, canceled events. Um, oil is like a tax cut because gas prices are going to come way down. It's going to cost less to heat your home, but there's going to be some job losses in the oil industry and some credit issues in the oil industry, which is going to affect banks and bonuses and things like that. So we're going to have to live through some pain here, I think, Rob. But then there's stuff that's already on sale trading as if we're in a full-blown recession. So it means get your shopping list ready because... If you want, we can go through a couple of these types of corrections, and I can tell you where the market was 12 months after the end of it. Typically, we're talk- you're talking correction now. Should we be talking recession, or do you want to stay in the realm of correction? Because I think we're down 17% right now, and I think the last one was like 19%. Um, yeah, we had... Market, um, should we talk about that, or too soon? Yeah, I mean, well, for me, like the trade war issue, the October to December 24th of 2018, the market was down 19.6%. The small caps were down over 25%, and they're still down. I mean, small caps are down even more than that from their all-time high. But 12 months after that ended, the market was up 37%. Um, If we look back at 2011, and see, we had such a run and such low volatility for a couple of years, people forget about these events and how they occur. Um, if you remember back in 2011 in March, the U.S. credit was downgraded in March of 2011, yep. and we had a 19% correction. Um, it lasted seven months, and it ended on October of 2011, and 12 months later, the market was up 32%. So if we want to look at um, – everybody knows the financial crisis. From October of 2007 to March of 2009, the market was down 56.8%. That was a credit crisis, systemic risk from banks that were spread around the world. And then 12 months after that ended, the market was up 68%. If we look at of the, a true recession, the last true kind of recession that we had, which mm-hmm. started March of the year 2000 and ended October of 2002, during that period, the market was down 49%. But 12 months later, after that one ended, the market was up 30, almost 34%. So you go through these periods of anywhere from three months to a couple of years of, of kind of pain sometimes, but then the bargains are created for you to get into for the next 10 years. And so you need to have your shopping list ready. And some of the stuff that's totally on sale already, 
that will still maintain this is some of the small cap stuff and the mid cap stuff. It got sold off extremely quickly. So you can just look at any small cap value ETF, mid cap value ETF. And even if there's a little bit more downside from here, 10 years from now, if you buy it and reinvest dividends, you're going to be pretty happy in my opinion. So I think you just said the 2000, 2002 recession basically brought the market down 47%. And that's a crazy big number, even in recessions. Mm-hmm. And we're down 17%. So maybe we're somewhere from, we already got 17% of it out of the way. Maybe we another 10, 20% or what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. Um, the, okay. the, you just, it depends on how quickly the virus goes away. Um, this yep. is the first kind of virus that we've had along with a massive use of social media. So if you look at anybody posting stuff about books that have predicted this back, you know, 20 years ago, <laughs> I didn't see that because the coronavirus, the forms of the coronavirus has been around forever. This is just a new strain of it. So people are kind of just freaking out a little bit. Um, and it is tough because it's a human strategy and we're going to lose more people that have immune system issues and that are older. Um, and it's going to be sad. So you can't you yeah. know, dumb it down too much, but it will go away. My mother-in-law is elderly, and she's definitely not healthy, and she's going to movies. I'm like, she's going to bring down the father-in-law kind of thing, which we're laughing about it. But if there is a real risk to elderly people, real quick, um, thoughts on bond rates? Because they seem to have been the thing that was screaming at me last week that there's a problem. Well, yeah. And, and again, I think before this is over, because of the issue, the chances for recession with when it was just the virus – um, you know, that was there, obviously, but you, you add the collapse of oil on top of that. Um, that's, that's a huge industry, right? And there's jobs that are tied to that. Um, and there's a lot of credit issues that are tied to that. So I think before this bottoms, you're going to have to shake some of those credit issues out. But again, it's not like you sell everything and go to cash. You, you actually just try to rebalance your portfolio. If you've got a balanced portfolio, you should have some bonds and cash. And when that stuff shakes out, sell some bonds and buy stocks and rebalance your portfolio. Thanks very much. Chad covered a lot of this on his podcast today. You can get that at newfocusfinancial.com. making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So the best person to consult during a recession is the elderly people or a potential recession coming up or a volatile market is the right way of saying this. Let me correct it. Warren Buffett talked about Monday's pullback and he said, ah, that was nothing. You should have seen 2008 or 1987. I love Warren Buffett at times like these. Let's bring back CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Like I mentioned, a lot of the topics we're talking about, he hit pretty hard in his podcast today. You can find that at newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, when we last left off, we were talking about bond rates and alarming. Uh, they're send, sending a signal. What else do we need to know right now that's going through your mind? If we could pick Warren Buffett's mind, we could pick CFP Chad Burton's mind. Well, Warren Buffett, it's, you know the, the bond environment hasn't been typically good to, to his holdings, right? Wells Fargo, anything financial related is going to have a tougher time making some money. You're going to have a lot of loan growth here in the short term. But when rates are really low, 
a bank takes deposits, they lend it out, and the difference in those rates is that an interest margin, and those the, the difference is very, very low. And so a lot of people are looking for alternative places to put their cash, like online FDIC-insured banks. Um, so there's going to, there, you know, it could be a slowdown in deposits, and, and you got to get a diversified financial um, out there that's not just making money on that. So it's going to be real tough, Rob, on these smaller regional banks, unfortunately, with these low rates. Um, and that could slow down the eventual, you know, amount of money in the market, um, small businesses to borrow money to continue to expand. So we, hopefully we don't kind of get to that point. But when bond rates are that low, that, that is an issue. And it's not just because we're kind of overdue for a recession. It's because of a global environment. When you have low to negative rates in Germany, where you, you're basically paying to have the government hold your bonds not too long ago, um, if our rates are too high in the U.S., a lot of money flows out of overseas markets into the U.S. dollar, parks itself in treasuries, the, you know, the bond prices go up and rates go down. So that's one reason why um, Trump doesn't want rates high is because we don't want that money flowing into the U.S. dollar. It make, makes our goods more expensive for the rest of the world and it can slow us down. So it's a competitive global issue. That's why rates are going to be low for some time here. Now, as soon as this virus stuff goes away and, um, you know, we get out of whether or not we're going to have a recession or not, and, and, you know, we could have a pretty decent pop in rates. So take mm-hmm. the time now to definitely look at refinancing mortgages, strategizing on your debt. Like I've been hammering on radio, if you're, you know, maybe you, you're 10 years into a 30-year mortgage, who knows, you might be able to refinance to a 15-year at a, the same or a lower payment, knock some years off your mortgage and get yourself ready for retirement. Or if you're 40 and you happen to be conservative and you owned a lot of bonds and your bonds are way up in value, maybe you're the person that goes out and buy rental properties that are positive cash flow on a you know 15 to 30 year mortgage um, and have something that's paid off, kicking off way more income than probably a bond is going to pay for you. So it, it's... Uh, it, different strategies based on are you trying to accumulate wealth and, and maximize the use of your dollar or are you on track to retire, simplify your life, have less cash flow requirements like a mortgage, pay off your rental properties, things like that. It kind of just depends on where you are in life. So this too shall pass. And when it passes, we don't know if it's going to be one day or one month or six months or one year or whatever. I'm not going to get into the whole math of it. But we saw oil drop, Chad, and it's it's not lost on me that it's a big corporations get a big cut there. You and I get a big cut in gas costs to the tune of $725 billion. There's a lot of stimulus on the other side of this problem. Um, fiscal stimulus is likely coming. The president may give me a $1,000 check kind of thing. Uh, do you feel confident the stock market comes back? And do you feel the bond market has that same health to it that the stock market typically has shown of snapback? Because I don't think Japan's interest rates have gone that much further or higher in the last 20 years. And their banks have stunk for 20 years. Yeah, well, their demographics stink as well. I mean, they don't really have That's a true. young population like we have. So, yeah, we've got the you know, 10,000. Keep making kids, Chad. Keep making kids. <laughs> Four is enough. I'm done. Don't don't put More. the pressure on me. Um, Back to the boomers. So, yeah, we've got the we've got the baby boomers. But we got a, the millennial population is supposedly bigger, and that's great demographics for us. Um, the I think the the overall besides the credit issues that are going to occur in the oil industry, 
which could be offset and may not happen because of government bailout, Rob. Um, besides that, the, the credit market is relatively healthy um, when you look at corporate balance sheets and the amount of cash that they have and how much they deleveraged since the Great Recession. Um, so I, I'm not worried about too much of the health of the normal bond market in the long run. It's more of the issue of it's making retirement more expensive because it's paying you less income, which means you need to have more money saved for retirement and or go a little bit more aggressive since stocks are paying more. Like, you know, you get when the S&P 500 is paying more than double what the 10-year treasury is and some small cap value and mid cap values are paying triple what the 10-year treasury is, some people are like, all right, I get it. As long as I have enough cash and I don't have to sell on these short-term declines like we're seeing now, I can get dividends from these ETFs and mutual funds that are higher than my bond funds. It'll be more volatile, but I don't care because when I look out 10 years, the chart's always going from the bottom left to the top right, and people forget about those short-term blips. So that's why one of the reasons when I got into the business 25 years ago, the traditional retirement portfolio was you know 40 or 50% stocks, the rest in bonds, and now it's totally the reverse. And it might be even more so because bond rates are so low. So, and as you go forward, if you go more aggressive in retirement, you have to be more active on the positive years by peeling off gains and replenishing the cash that you've spent. And just being able to sit and say, okay, yeah, stocks tend to average 10, 11% over my lifetime, but we go through these periods of six to months to two years where the market declines pretty significantly. I feel some pain, but I'm still collecting dividends, so I'm going to be okay. And it will always Help me with recover. This Help me with this one, Chad, because I'm having problems. I want to own Visa. I've never bought Visa. I want to own Visa. I want to get it. It's always at a 52-week high, and I always say, I'm going to wait for a pullback. Now that it's pulled back, I'm like, I don't want to buy Visa. I want to wait for it to go further. Do I close my eyes and pinch my nose and do it? And again, it could be any stock. It doesn't have to be that one. Um, how do you get over that fear of, of waiting for the other shoe to fall? How do you do it? You write down, well, you, you, you create a non-emotional plan. So you've got you've to average into it. And um, what you need to do is say, okay, if, if I'm not comfortable taking the entire position right now, maybe you divide it got by it. three. And you just do it every every month for the next three months or, you know, yeah. once a quarter for the next three quarters. Come up with a plan where you don't – we just take the emotion out of it and you just do it. Sounds good. we got less than a minute. Involved, whenever you deal with emotion and investing, it can create harm in your portfolio and long-term losses. So right now you got to get more diversified because – just owed large cap, and uh, there's a lot of other good things that are already on sale at recessionary levels right now. Sounds good. Have a good day, Chad. I know your phone will be ringing. Um, good luck. We'll talk to you soon. People can hear your podcast. It was an excellent podcast this morning. A whole hour of him talking specific issues tied towards this. You can get it at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Take the emotion out. Find some smart people like Warren Buffett. Listen to what they have to say. But yeah, it's getting kind of sticky out there. So I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, 
Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. This is a great song. You two talking about loving his children, saying that they're best part about him. Just one happy thought before we bring on Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Let's talk doom and gloom right now, Mr. O'Hare. Hey, Rob, how are you? <laughs> Good. I know you have a family as well, and uh, kids are the best, but right now we're focused on keeping our kids safe. People are nervous. Tournaments are getting canceled. I'm getting emails from soccer coaches about you know, no high fives, things like that. Um, it's, it's bled into our stock market. Uh, how do you feel about what's going on? Yeah, you know, I can I can relate on uh, all fronts there, as you just communicated. But uh, it certainly has bled into the stock market, and you know, this is, I think was always the the risk, even from the onset of the uh, coronavirus in China when it was taking off there. You know, the risk is that it would ultimately make its way to uh, well outside of China, but in particular to the world's largest economy, that being the United States. And it has been the U.S. consumer that has continued to fuel the relative strength of the U.S. economy and has continued to support the global economy. So as soon as you inject some factor in there that might uh, lead the U.S. consumer to uh, pull back on their discretionary spending uh, and U.S. businesses to pull back on their capital expenditure plans, uh, you automatically you know, in- inject then a lot of uh, potential disappointments as it relates to not only the economic growth outlook, but the earnings growth outlook. Look. And so you had a market trading at a premium valuation that was predicated on companies growing into those uh, high multiples with strong earnings growth in 2020, which quite clearly is not going to uh, pan out. And so you've had a, I'd say, a, you know, a natural uh, uh, reaction, and that being a, um, a you know, multiple compression here. But the, I think the, the, the most jarring thing, of course, is how quickly uh, things have corrected. And, uh, and right now, there's not a real good sense any anyway that this is about to end um, very soon. So, I don't know where to go with this one. Um, oil obviously getting hit, and banks getting hit. Banks on the lower interest rates. Oil stocks, uh, the big companies are getting hit, the Exxons, the Chevrons, the Marathons. But for you and me, that's going to be a plus because it's going to be about $800 billion plus in stimulus money um, down the road. But that's kind of like down the road, and we're talking about right now. Um, I don't know where to go with that comment, other than to say the banks are getting hit hard, oil's getting hit hard, multiple compression in tech companies, but not as hard as oil and banks. Is there any light you're seeing in this, or is this just pretty widespread? Well, you know, things are, are not only widespread, but it's just pretty opaque right now, Rob. I mean, when you look at the, um, you know, the issue with the banks, uh, I think what's what's kind of, you know, maybe not being uh, talked about enough right now is everyone seems to be focused on the, the decline in the stock market is that this could potentially start, um, you know, blowing up into a debt issue. And, and I don't mean so much government debt. I mean corporate debt. Corporate right? debt. So yep. if you have, uh, you know, sh- uh, significant earnings declines uh, and uh, cash flow that's restricted, if not negative, you know, companies that are highly levered have a, a, a more challenging uh, situation as it relates to uh, debt repayment capabilities. And I think that, you know, what we're seeing here in, in the last week or so is the, the market starting to tune into that uh, concern. 
um, because when you get a credit disruption, um, you know, that has a much wider impact on the broader economy even than just a, you know, stock market sell-off, you know, when you stop to consider that what roughly about 50% of um, U.S. uh, uh People have have exposure to the stock market, whereas you know everyone has exposure you know to to the economy, and so you don't want to see a, a credit disruption um, you know really take off here because that uh, that's what leads you into a, a deeper and longer lasting recession. Good stuff. <clears throat> um, what are we looking for to show that we've put in a short term bottom or that it might be safe to start nibbling? Are we looking for Buffett to buy a company? Are we looking for a company to implode, like a Lehman Brothers or a Bear Stearns? Is there any the volatility index calm down, or do we want to see it spike a little bit more? I saw bullish investors around 40%. We need them probably down to 20%. What are you looking for? What are some of your signs? Yeah, um, well, you know, kind of some of those things you talk about as it relates to sentiment, you know, this this become more, I think, uh, you know, tradable bottoms, if you will. So, you okay. know, they're short-term, short-term indicators. So when you get a washout and bullish sentiment, and as you allude to, you know, something in the neighborhood of 20% readings, um, then you, then you you know, have some uh, confidence, I guess, to think that you might get a nice short, sweet, you know, rally. Um, but you know, again, you have to be very nimble in an environment like that. Um, you know, we'd said many times, I think, on your program, as the bull market was continuing without much interruption, that, you know, stocks can stay overbought for an extended period of time, but by the same token, they can stay oversold for an extended period of time. And we're, we're really just now starting to hear, you know, companies uh, in, in larger numbers now uh, either issue warnings, if not pull their earnings guidance altogether for the year. And so that creates a great deal of uncertainty because you just don't know how to model where earnings are going. And so, you know, there's still more shoes to drop, I think, as it relates to uh, this current market condition that, that we're in uh, before you can feel better about there being a, you know, a strong bottom in place. Um, you need to see, you know, uh, those earnings estimates by analysts really come down significantly. They've hardly come down at all, believe it or not. I think we're down about 1% on the forward 12-month BPS estimate from the end of the year. And, and those are going to be cut sharply here in coming weeks. Uh, and when those cuts happen and you hear companies warn, but they don't go down anymore on those warnings, that's another, you know, indication perhaps that that the worst of those uh, expected downward revisions have already been accounted for in the stock prices. I saw something kind of interesting that in 2019, the stock averages all average daily moves of less than 1%. Over the last trading days, the average price change has been well above 3%. So anyone who's been in the market for like a year or two, a lot of the Robinhood investors, a lot of the free Schwab accounts, things like that, they've never seen this. And, um, it must be pretty jarring, and that's probably a good thing and a bad thing to shake some people out. And like, that's what I'm telling my friends is like, we were at all time highs for like 52 weeks in a row, it felt like every single day. So this is kind of good, but it's also kind of unsettling. Um, what else do you want to talk about here? Because you have some stuff in your head that I can't well, even figure out. <laughs> well, well, I would add to that thought, Rob, you know, as you sure. sit here and you look at what happened on Monday where you had the S&P 500 go down, uh, what, 7.4%. Right. It's probably a scary day, you know, for a lot of people. I mean, it was definitely unnerving, you know, to see things unfold that way. Um, 
but going back to uh, basically the Great Depression, that I think that was the 19th, you know, and I emphasize 19th largest uh, percentage decline in, in market history. So what I'm driving is that there were, you know, 18 others that were even bigger than that, and yet, you know, a month or so ago, we were sitting at all-time highs. So, the, so you know, the market gets itself figured out. You know, earnings growth will return. Uh, things will eventually, you know, settle down for in long-term patient-minded investors will continue to do well being invested in stocks. Uh, but, you know, one has to really be in tune with their risk tolerance and their time horizon right now because things could be a little bit dicey here as we roll through 2020. So some advice that you might give to someone who's, you know, on the Robinhood platform today would be entirely different for someone who, say, you know, might be looking at trying to retire, um, you know, six months from now. So you just have to be cognizant of that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, market history does demonstrate that stocks are a great wealth generating machine, uh, but you do have to be patient. Sounds good. Is there anything that you're starting to put together for the, the Friday piece? Um, for instance, I know you do a lot of work with jobs and uh, a lot of economic data and you kind of put it in perspective. We're not really at the changing of the economic data yet. This is so fresh. Well, again, and that goes back to the earlier point, Rose, there's a lot of uncertainty and you haven't really seen uh, the, the true impact of the coronavirus slowdown, you know, uh, in the data yet. You know, you're going to in coming weeks and months. So you just don't know how bad it's going to look. And so right now it's kind of, you know, an expectation that you're, you know, you're going to see the worst and, you know, people are selling first and asking questions later. So that's definitely, you know, something to be watchful of and how the market reacts to that bad data. Um, so be keeping an eye out for that. But yeah, I'm going to be looking at also kind of just this whole issue of, you know, valuation. Um, you've seen the stock market come down sharply, um, but you haven't seen earnings estimates get cut uh, significantly yet. And, uh, you know, maybe evaluating here, you know, what does look to be, a, you know, a good buyable um, point for the long-term investor uh, when you start to factor in the possibility that you see, you know, 15, 20, 30 percent declines in earnings estimates from here. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Good guy, smart guy. Briefing does a great job of perspective on world events, on domestic events. They're doing a nice job. Patrick is just one of the many voices there. I highly recommend people check out Briefing.com. Having information in a down market is more reassuring, in my opinion. So not trying to freak anyone out, but uh, we're playing with correction. Now we're starting to play with their market. So if you take a look at the numbers, it's not that far. The recent stock market volatility is unlike a lot of stuff we've seen before. The Dow's down 17.9% below its all-time high set last month. It's last month. That was a fall, fast fall. The fast in the fall. The S&P 500 down 17.5% below its record. So we're pretty close to a bear market, and that's a good thing. Because then you'll have a t-shirt that says, I survived the 2020 bear market, and all I got is this stupid t-shirt. Just stay alive to get that shirt if you can. <laughs> I'm Rob Black. Try to cheer you up a little bit. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Well, 
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Some interesting side notes today. I'll take a look at the market numbers for you in just a moment. The White House is hosting a meeting with Alphabet's Google, Amazon.com, Facebook, and other tech companies to coordinate responses to the growing coronavirus outbreak. I like seeing that. I know it sounds silly, but I like seeing the White House involved. Whether he's your president or he's not your president, I get it. Trump is calling also an emergency meeting with top health care officials at the White House. Um, and again, there's got... Congressional hearing on Capitol Hill that's being cut short so the White House can jump in on this. Uh, I like stuff like that. With that said, the amount of randomness in the forecasts really still, it it tells me something. that Some experts think this is going to get worse. Some experts think this is a, a bad flu. I don't know how to answer that for you. There's a flight to safety in the bond market. That flight to safety in the bond market, it's taken a little bit of a vacation today. Uh, you want to pay attention to that 10-year treasury. And it, just all the bonds, if you if you really, really want to be kind of nerdy, and I don't recommend you do that because it'll make you a little loco. But the 10-year treasury sitting at 0. 0.7, 0.69, 69 uh, basis points is too low. With that said, some people think it's pretty self-fulfilling that we go to 25 basis points. Earlier this week, we were at 33, 33 or 34. So that's a pretty big recovery from 34 to 69. But it's telling that the bond market's considered smart money. But again, for the life of me, and I had this argument with my financial planner yesterday, bonds don't make any sense to me, especially at these rates. Cash is fine. I'm good with cash. I don't need a return of one-third of 1%. I'm good with zero. Don't want to hold cash forever, but I want to have said cash on hand for, bam, taking a shot at a market bottom when I feel it might be there. The Dow is down 1,000 points, even Steven right now. Whoa. Chipotle Mexican Grill, stock I've been talking about recently, is sitting at 667. One more away from the sign of the devil. 666. Silver's lower. Gold's lower. Crude oil's lower. Russell 2000's lower. The Nasdaq's lower. The Dow's lower. The S&P 500's lower. And that's your market wrap-up. I'm Rob Black. Please turn off the lights on your way out. Finance, I would not... I'm not going to be gung-ho to buy financial stocks. There will be a bounce, but until rates get higher, longer, there will be not much sustainability to rallies. But you're looking at a company like Regions Financial. It's trading at seven times next year's earnings. Now, you could look at somebody like a Visa or a MasterCard or an Apple and see that they're trading typically like 15, 20, 25 times. For instance, Visa's PE right now is 30. That's crazy. That's too high. 
Now, again, sometimes you have to look for one-time charges um, where they, you know, bought a company, it didn't work out, they, they took it as a loss kind of thing. So there's some homework that you have to do a little bit of if you're going to be a good investor. But the return on equity at some of these companies is something I look at, return on assets, revenue, gross profit, revenue growth quarterly, revenue growth annually. How much debt does the company have? Debt is no bueno right now. Cash flow is really important. When there's the bond market going as low as it's going, it's said that the corporate bond market can't take that. I've never seen corporate bonds collapse. I kind of want to, just for the, the volatility of it, just so I could say I could add that to my hat. Um, but yeah, lots going on as far as PEs and future PEs. You can take a look at, like I said, Regions Financial. It's, it's cheap. It looks really cheap. It looks really, really cheap. But that's also telling you there's something called value traps. I don't know if that interests you in any way, shape, or form. I don't know. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, delivery was canceled from my subscribe and save. My toilet paper is out of stock. <laughs> I get it once a month from Amazon. I'm going to get desperate. Uh, it happened again. It happened last Friday. Now it's happened again. People are making a run for things. So markets are down a thousand points. I think we opened up down about six, seven hundred. I didn't see the actual open, but we're, we're extending that. I want to see panic. I want to see people, you know, I've had one person call me to ask me if I'm okay. And I'm okay. Kramer sees the Dow revisiting the Christmas Eve 2018 lows, but he's putting blue chips firmly in a uh, bear market. So some of these companies that are holding up, he's thinking won't. That's worthy of note. In large part, he's kind of the voice of the television consumer. The Dow hit a low of 21,792 on Christmas Eve 2018. That's the last time we had a low before we took off. So he's saying, let's retest that. And I'm actually kind of good with that idea. Um, if it does hold, then you'll know where a quote-unquote first level of support is. Uh, we're beyond that first level of support. Now we're going for the second level. And the second level, again, I'm just going to use Kramer. He brought it up. 2018 lows. So, of 21,792 on the Dow. We are right now at 23,989. So, do a quick little bit of math, pull out the abacus, and it's about 2,000 points lower. 2,200. Another 5, 10%. It's not going to kill you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Now, the coronavirus might kill you. Wash your hands, people. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.